Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode two. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about what the church says about sex in your marriage, when your rebound bounces, and the unfortunate herpes stigma. I appreciate you for listening, considering I have a lot to learn about audio and it's a whole new world to me, but I'm learning a lot and hopefully things will get better fast. All right, thanks for listening. Okay, this is something that has always confused me about Christianity. I just came back from church and I wanted to talk about this while it was like fresh in my mind. Uh, Today the pastor was talking about sex and about basically about how it's sinful to withhold sex in a marriage and that you become one flesh so your body is no longer your your own it's also your partner's and same goes for husband so my problem with this is a couple of things number one he's talking about how god created sex and sex is supposed to be beautiful and blah 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 god created it okay so if that is true then God created all the neurochemistry that goes into sexuality and sexual behavior and desire, right? So God created us then to reproduce at 12, 13, 14, okay? And then we tell people, well, Christians tell people to not have premarital sex, But do we want people getting married at that age? I don't think that they should be. I don't think they should be getting married until after 25 when their brain has fully developed and they can make an actual decision. Okay. Also, women giving in to their partner every time they want them to, to me is disgusting because for women to have pleasure, it's way more complicated than for a man to have pleasure. There's a lot more in that goes into it and there's a lot of there's a lot of psychology to it. It's very like mental with women. And I feel like if men don't know how to properly do that, if you're having sex with your partner and you don't really want to, Doing that multiple times does something to you psychologically. And it's something that I've referred to as being a masturbatory ragdoll. Like, it dehumanizes you. It's just, it just does something to you. And that in turn in your head can lead to manifest itself physically with women and therefore become uncomfortable and at some points painful so I don't think that that's an okay thing to say and then at the same time it's like Christians are the ones that do not want comprehensive sex education in schools and like I said pleasing a woman is more complicated than pleasing a man a man 
they anybody can figure that out happens very easily but women it's much deeper and much more complicated of a process and so by not teaching men and women how women are pleasured and then putting them in a relationship to only be with that partner all their lives not watch porn because that's sinful so where are they getting this information on how to seek pleasure and to be pleasured i think that not educating them on this kind of defeats what you're trying to accomplish here because a woman who's not getting pleasured and treating like being treated like a sex object by her husband like a masturbatory ragdoll may then want to look outside the marriage to see what else is out there i don't think that you can say monogamy for life from beginning to end without giving people the proper education as well like what kind of life is that that just sounds barbaric and sad and like concubine status i don't know it just rubs me the wrong way and it seems odd to me that if that's what god wanted first of all then why is he if he created our desire then why does he make it so that we desire other people why is it that the neurochemicals that happen in a new relationship and create the honeymoon phase fade out three to four years down the road long enough for a couple to conceive a child carry the pregnancy nurse the infant and the infant to grow to be able to walk and um you know be its own little person so that the mother's not having to pack it around everywhere by the time that all happens those chemicals have faded away and people start looking elsewhere like that's what naturally happens not that it happens for everybody i'm not saying that but it naturally happens why if god wanted you to be with the same person all the time and god created sex then why wouldn't god create the bonding hormone to stick and to make people naturally monogamous if that's what was supposed to happen and then but then satan comes in there somehow and creates some sin i'm not sure how that all works but i don't know i've just always had a problem with that and i just wanted to talk about that while i was fresh in my mind i don't know it just doesn't make sense so the whole sex in the church really fascinates me and there's a bit of a plot twist that happens but you'll have to listen to the next episode to find out what that is next up i want to talk about when you break up with someone and you have get with someone on the rebound and what happens when that person your rebound leaves because then you end up having to deal with all the residual feelings of the original breakup and from this person this new person i was listening to a podcast my voice is fine until I go to record it. That's awesome. Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, called Guys, Guys We Fucked. I listen to that all the time. I think it's pretty funny. And there's like, there are like two comedian girls. I don't even know what their names are. But um, one of them had this situation. And it really kind of touched me and reminded me of those feelings. So I'm going to play a little clip for you.
and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, yeah, but it's just like live your life and it really like it's a, it, like having a relationship is a treat and it can be something that's like, you know, just because like for me personally, it's not on my like must haves list, as I've said. But again, if it is on your must-haves, like, there's nothing wrong or anti-feminist about that. But it's like, just don't, I just see so many people wasting their whole life looking for someone who may or may not exist. And it drives me fucking crazy. There is so much good to do in the world, alone or with somebody else. Wow, yeah, well, that directly relates to what I want to talk about. I'm pretty, um, see why I, I speak your, I, I could speak to you even without speaking to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's get sad. Um, so just an update, personal update that and realizations that I've been going through lately that I that hopefully will help people. Um, so I basically have been fucking this dude since I broke up with Steven. And I didn't realize this until he broke it off recently, like right before we interviewed this week's guest. Uh, terrible timing on my part because I shouldn't have done that. Talk to him about it. But anyway, uh, you know, I've been fucking this guy and I've been doing things with him that I've never done with anybody before, like uh, phone sex, sending audio clips of me coming or sexting or sending naked photos. And it's very, all very, very fun. But since he was like, I basically, what happened is we had been fucking, fucking, fucking. I had told him right before our guest came over Wednesday uh, that I liked him and that I was kind of getting nervous about that. And I knew that I had an inkling in my head that that was going to make him go, cool, yeah, I'm out. It, not in an unkind way, but in a way. And, and deep, 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 deep down, very deep, I knew that I really needed that. Um, I have not been in a good place the past week and Steven came over to get the cable box a couple of days ago, whatever. And I saw that interaction was not good, brief, but not good. That sent me into an even deeper, even deeper spiral. And then this guy that I'd been fucking, he came over the night before we did these interviews and we talked for hours, then we fucked, and then we talked for more hours, and I was like, wow. And then I, I always walk him down to the, get a cab after, and I just, I, 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 I feel myself, I, and I notice it now, just getting so giddy about him. And, and I really, when he, when I, when I texted him, hey, like, I'm kind of getting nervous, basically is what I said. I was like, I, I'm getting a little nervous because I think I like you too much. And I'm so glad I did that. I was debating. I said, you know, I'm a person who likes to be in control over things. If I wanted to maintain control over this, if, you know, feel some sense of control over this casual sex relationship, I would just either end it myself on my terms because then I won't be rejected and I won't feel like shit and I won't be butthurt. Or, uh, or I just don't tell him and shove those feelings down and keep fucking and have every, you know. So I told him and then he, we texted and then he talked and, you know, it doesn't matter exactly what he said. But, uh. He was very kind. He's a very great guy. But I have been <laughs> building him up to myself, to you, to the couple people that I've told mm -hmm. as this, the most amazing man with the 
this is mean, and I don't. I do want to interview him one day on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I really do because I, I think he's a great dude. Yeah, I mean, I I, I know. Yeah, and I, this is uncomfortable for me to say because I, I don't want to be mean towards him. It's not a bad thing. He doesn't have a tiny, but he. <laughs> I made his cock. Mm-hmm. I tricked myself into believing that his cock was the best cock that anybody has ever had in the world. It was like the antidote to all your <laughs> to all your ailments. I. I would say, and this is, I, I, and I think this is, this is certainly a thing I do, and I think this is a lot of, a thing that a lot of young women do, where you build someone up, I do this all the fucking time, and I'm so sick of it, but you build a person up. When I first met Steven, I was like, mm-hmm. the, yeah, brunch, and I'm like, that's my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I do this thing, I put these men on these pedestals, and it's so fucking stupid and i make it out like they are the best thing since sliced bread now the granted the sex that i had with him was amazing he's mm-hmm. a great sexual partner i mm-hmm. think the way he communicates is is great it, it was great i would by no means say that this was the most amazing incredible sex i've ever had in my life mm-hmm. it's, it was eye-opening and i did new things and that was really cool but i i am looking back in to the ways that I just made his dick the best thing in the world, and it what it did was distracted me from really going through the pain of a breakup. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, when he was like, hey, you know, I'm not that serious about you, and he told me he was seeing somebody else and that he likes and he doesn't want to date a comic and all these reasons that it doesn't matter. He was very nice about it, but, you know, I felt what he was saying that to me on the phone. I felt my heart break but it wasn't for him i feel like i felt my heart break for the first time because for the first time since i met steven seven over seven years ago i am now now i'm alone and now i have to deal with it and now i don't have a boy to be excited about even if it's just a fuck buddy i don't have a boy to be excited about and God damn it, did I use that as a distraction to avoid my feelings. Um, And so I've been sitting with the alone thing for the past five days. And I don't, I'm not, obviously I'm someone, my mom has had multiple suicides. So since I don't believe in love, I have always suggested that Women have somebody in their back pocket, someone they just kind of talk to, kind of flirt with, just in case they need them if the person they're with decides to hurt them, emotionally, obviously. Um, But the problem is, when you do, when you use that person, I don't mean in a bad way, but when you take them out of your pocket... And use them. You need to put someone else in your pocket. Because. They can leave you. And and if they do. All of a sudden. You have to deal with. How you felt over the breakup. Of the initial person. And then the kind of abandonment. That you got from your rebound. And it just compounds everything. And if you do this, like, if you continue it as a cycle, which I have done, 
to prevent myself from feeling hurt, I would just always have somebody else to fall back on and I would constantly do that. And then at one point I found myself alone with no safety net of a boy, which is stupid to even have boys as safety nets because they're not safe. But it's just, yeah, then you're alone and having to deal with all of these feelings and feeling abandoned by all of these people. And it's a very alone feeling. So I don't even know exactly what I would say is the solution because I don't like not having someone in your back pocket but maybe that's just how I am I'm a little twisted but yeah it's something to think about you always just just be careful because you never know what's gonna happen okay so now I'm gonna talk a little bit about herpes we're gonna have a little bit of a herpes story time if you will So once upon a time, I was at this place and I drank way too much tequila. I was very, very, very drunk. Probably the drunkest I've ever been in my life. And long story short, I ended up hooking up with this guy that I did not know. I've never done that before. And a couple days go by and probably about five days go by and all of a sudden I notice this unusual spot on my area and I immediately just think shit like keep in mind I'm in the medical field so I knew what it looked like and I knew that enough time had gone by to where this is when symptoms would show up And I just was so angry with myself, so angry, like how could I be so stupid? So I go and get tested, and at the time I worked in a clinic, so I just got tested where I worked. And uh, the way that the herpes tests are, are interesting. There's a test that tests for your antibodies like it shows if you have a whole bunch of antibodies built up which means you were exposed a long time ago or if you were just recently exposed and the test that got ordered for me was the wrong one it was the one for if you've had it for a long time and it came back positive for hsv1 which is uh usually oral but you can get oral on your genitals or genitals on your mouth, either way. So I thought, oh my gosh, whatever, some, maybe somebody had oral herpes, went down on this guy, he contracted it, gave it to me genitally. So then I'm just like, oh my God, I was just... Uh, freaking out I like sat in the bathroom and cried and was just for the most part completely just disappointed in myself like uh, I knew better I knew better so 
I came home, I told my husband, he was pissed at me, obviously, and I kind of just stayed in bed for a couple of days, and I was researching things, trying to figure out what this was, what's going on, and all this time I wasn't having any pain. Like, the, like, blister-looking thing wasn't painful, but it, there was, they were spreading. It's like, what the hell? And during this time of researching, I just really figured out, like, what that stigma feels like. I felt so disconnected from my body, from my sexuality, like, like my vagina betrayed me or something I don't know it was just a weird like it was like I felt like that part of my body was diseased it was sick it was not any longer a part of me and that my whole sexuality was going to have to change because now I would have to only have sex with other positive people or I would have to you know go on this medication and then I have to like disclose to people that I'm positive and that's like putting yourself up for rejection and other people were gonna think I was dirty it was just like a horrible thing to like grapple with eventually um so I was taking this medication to to treat the breakout and it wasn't working and so eventually I ended up going to a gynecologist and long story short, like she tested me, I came back negative. In fact, I had a different kind of infection because where I had sex with this guy was on the ground and it was dirty and I got an infection that way. It was like an infection in my skin, not even my vagina. So come to find out I was just testing positive for HSV-1, the oral, just because I probably have had it forever and never knew. I never have any sort of breakout, so I don't have cold sores, so I don't know. But yeah, so everything cleared up when I got on antibiotics. And uh, well, I knew something was not right because the antivirals were not working. And because pretty soon I just got, I started feeling sick. Like I started feeling like my legs were like swelling and heavy and I just felt really weak. And that's when I went to the gynecologist and she put me on the antibiotics. But so I just, that whole experience taught me a lot. It taught me what, well, I learned so much about herpes and how really benign it is. But people just put this stigma on it that's horrible. As a matter of fact, it's recommended that when you go in for an STD check, they don't test you for herpes because it's found that the psychological trauma of being diagnosed is does more harm to you than the actual virus does. So a lot of times they won't even test you unless you ask for it specifically. And even then it's not necessarily accurate unless you have an actual breakout that they can test on your skin, that the blood tests are just kind of questionable. And I don't think a lot of people know that. So I think it's really important that we try to diminish the stigma of herpes because it's 
dude, it's just, it's all herpes. When people say they have a cold sore, I just be like, you mean your herpes. Like, don't downplay it and make, you know, one sound worse than the other. It's the same damn thing. Chicken pox, shingles, cold sores, all of that is herpes. We just, if something's on your genitals, we got to make a big deal about it. And personally, I think it's better to have some a sore where no one can see it than right up on your lip, all crusty, and you can't even wear lipstick looking all nasty. But... You know, I guess that's just not how our society is set up. But um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how people are starting to put their positive status in their like tender bios, which I think is awesome. Like get it out of the way. Like why even, you know, this is how it is. Don't build up to that whole like you have to flirt with somebody and then you go on a date with them and you got to work all this up and then disclose something that may be a deal breaker to somebody else. Also, I wanted to point out that it is safer to have sex with someone who is diagnosed positive, taking antivirals and uses a condom. It's safer to have sex with that person than it is to have sex with somebody who has never been tested. Because that's how this virus spreads so easily. It's because a lot of the time, especially with men, there are no symptoms. As a matter of fact, I know about three or four people who are positive, And none of those people got this because they were promiscuous. They all got it because their partner gave it to them unknowingly. So... You know, that's another stigma of it is that you're sleeping around a lot, which in fact, you could get this, this if you were a virgin. If you waited till you got married, you were a virgin, but your partner had slept with one person before you and that person happened to have been positive, but didn't know it. Bam. Now you have this for life and you have to deal with the stigma. It's not okay. There needs to be more discussion about it, more education about it. You got to understand that you can't just look at somebody and see that they do not have herpes, like, and they may not know. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. Going through that really made me rethink this virus and look at it a whole nother way and really hate the stigma around it because it made me feel awful. And thank God I didn't actually have it, but still that's just like I don't want other people to feel like that so I try to um discredit the stigma around it as much as I possibly can and I hope that you will too okay guys that's it for this episode I really appreciate you listening and bearing with me while I'm learning how to do this I know everything's kind of the audio is not that great and everything's kind of choppy but I am totally learning and figuring out what I need you know but I need a little bit of equipment and it's spendy and I don't have a job so I'll be working on it and I really appreciate you just dealing with it for right now while I'm learning because this is the only way I'm going to learn is just to keep on trying once again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to go on over to my blog. That's theshawnawilliams.com, the S-H-A-U-N-A Williams.com. 
and there you'll find the show notes for this episode and in there I have some herpes information resources linked that you can go check out. All right, bye. What does perfect even mean?